This is episode 312, and today we're chatting about how to adjust your ketogenic diet for where you're at in your cycle. Now, if you're not getting a cycle, and you should be, please listen. If you're not getting a cycle because you've experienced menopause, please listen. This is appropriate for all women who have hormones, which is all of you. (laughs) And this is a unique episode because I was actually being interviewed on the Keto Road podcast, which is what this audio is. And Jonathan Shane, the host who was on episode 294 on our podcast here talking about eating disorders and keto. Well, he interviewed me on his show chatting about adjusting keto for your cycle. And we loved the audio so much that he was so happy to share the audio with me so I could share it with you on the show. If you want to check out the Keto Road podcast, just go to your favorite podcast player. You're probably there right now and type in the Keto Road um, and check it out. So if you have questions about today's content, you can go to healthfulpursuit.com slash contact and ask me. You can catch up on previous podcast episodes and notes from today's show by going to ketodietpodcast.com. And in today's recording, I do talk about my six-week ketogenic weight loss program. You can find out more details by going to healthfulpursuit.com slash six. That's the number six week. That's W. E-E-K. If you're unsure, check out today's show notes. If you're still unsure, you can't find anything, just go to healthfulpursuit.com and click on the top icon that says shop and you will find the six-week keto weight loss program there. I just discounted the program to $97, which includes receiving a macro plan, getting six weeks of your entire program outlined, um, and unlimited access to our support group there. So you can ask questions and all the things. So it's a really good good offering. I'm really happy about this program. And it dives way deeper, like eight more hours, I think maybe even 10 more hours of deeper content as it relates to adjusting your ketogenic diet and your different protocols to achieve weight loss when you're supporting your hormones. Okay, let's do this thing. Hey, I'm Leanne Vogel. You're listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. I've created a free guide with tips on how to start keto and maintain your fat-fueled life. Grab it at healthfulpursuit.com slash free as a little thank you for listening to the show. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of The Road Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Shane, and today today i'm really excited i have a good friend of mine leanne vogel she is the owner ceo and everything all the things of healthful pursuit she specializes in women's hormones helps them with eating disorders and things of those natures i'm so excited to have her on i think we're gonna have a great conversation for everybody tuning in but specifically women i'm pretty sure we'll dive into some stuff that you'll be able to really resonate with so turn your earbuds up and get ready hey leanne how are you doing today I'm so good, Jonathan. Thank you so much for having me on. And I also love that you just said all the things. <laughs> oh my gosh. If anybody ever hangs out with Leanne, that's what's going to happen. You will, you will indoctrinate this, this term, <laughs> all the things. I say it, I, when I'm talking to my wife, I'm just like, oh yeah, I went to the grocery store. He's like, what'd you get? And I was like, strawberries, sweet potatoes, chicken, all the things. I'm like, oh crap. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, that's what you get. I don't know where I picked yeah. it up like about eight years ago. And now everyone I hang out with starts saying all the things. <laughs> well, it's just it's a great way. It's kind of like after I got saved and became a Christian, you know, I didn't want to say GD anymore. So I would say good night, like good night. Because like, my my wife's in law uh, family says that a lot. They're like, Oh, good night, you know, instead of like GD. And I'm like, Oh, good night. And I'm like, oh, why did I even pick that up? But it's because it makes sense. And it's catchy. And that's okay. I really like that. <laughs> I know it's a great replace. It's like it's like freak or shoot, you know, they're just good replacement words. They all really the are. It just em- <laughs> it embodiments all the complications of life. All and the all the foods that Leanne likes to eat. <laughs> all the yeah. things. <laughs> you remember being in war and sergeant what's going on i don't know you know all the things are going on outside (laughs) love it (laughs) uh okay well enough of us being five-year-olds leanne uh tell tell the people that are listening a little bit about yourself nutritionist. I went to school at, in Canada at Canadian School of Natural Nutrition um, in 2007. And I was vegan at the time. I still had 
three of all three eating disorders that I was diagnosed with earlier on in life. And I really studied nutrition so that I could get to understand what the body does. A couple of months before signing up, I was eating broccoli and then I got a headache and I took some Tylenol and was like, wait, if I'm taking broccoli and then eating Tylenol, like what's it doing to my body? If the Tylenol stops me from having a headache, what is the broccoli doing? Whoa, man. And it was like my first introduction to like, wait a minute, maybe I need to care about what I'm doing to my body, what's happening in my body. And so I studied nutrition, started working with clients, realized that going door to door to my clients' homes, driving around the city was just not my jam. And that's why I started up healthfulpursuit.com. And over the course of a couple of years, I started sharing vegan education. And at the time I didn't have a period, I had a menorrhea for a total of eight years after getting off hormonal birth control. And at around the uh, sixth year, I found the ketogenic diet. And so I went on it for 30 days. It changed my life. It ruined my business. I went out to all my vegan clients and said, yo guys, I'm eating pork rind pancakes and bacon for breakfast. And then I made $0 a month for a while. Um, and yeah, so I've been on the ketogenic diet uh, since 2014. I ended up getting my period back, but I had to take a very, very different approach to keto than what was suggested back then in 2014. It's definitely gained popularity, but where I really have thrived is uh, assisting women specifically with you know, regular hormone imbalances that many, many, many of us have and using the ketogenic diet and targeted carbohydrates, targeted fats to really help to um, bring balance to the body. And the hormones are oh, such a pain, but actually so simple. You don't need to test. You don't need to go hard at it. It's just these simple adjustments that you can make day by day to support your body. And so that's, that's what I love focusing on. Okay, let's talk coffee and tea. You love it, hate it. If you can handle just a bit of caffeine, but steer clear of coffee because of its acidic taste and effect on your digestive system, like hello, acid reflux, anyone, you're reacting to something called quinic acid and there's a solution for you. Or hey, maybe you just love getting a touch of caffeine in the morning and you're getting a little sick of your daily coffee grind or black tea latte situation. Golden Ratio is a low temperature roasted coffee bean that turns golden as it roasts and makes for the smoothest, silkiest coffee. And it's brewed at home the way you brew tea <laughs> in a bag. For quick and easy one cup cleanup, just toss the bag and sip away. Golden Ratio is a completely different experience from regular coffee from the taste to the way you brew it. It's closer to a full bodied tea than a coffee. And the nutty flavor has my taste buds intrigued every single time. Quinic acid is released when regular coffee beans are roasted at high temperatures for short periods of time. And it's a component of coffee that causes that uncomfortable sour or bubbly feeling in your belly. Golden ratio is roasted at low temperature, which results in the lowest acidity possible in coffee. No belly aches, no bubbling, no grumbling. And wow, does it taste so good. And it's great in fatty coffee if you're into that sort of thing. So if you guys want to check it out, you can go to drink golden ratio.com slash keto. Use the code keto at checkout for 20% off. Again, the URL is drink golden ratio.com slash keto. Use the code keto for 20% off. Plus all golden ratio purchases are backed by their hundred percent money back guarantee. So if you don't like it, ask for your money back. Again, it's drink golden ratio.com slash keto. I love all of that. And okay. And I, I know everybody listening want to dive into the fasting and the targeted carbs and the keto and get that. And I, I love that. But something that you said really caught me. And so this is going to go, we're kind of veer a little bit away from the nutrition for, for a second, but you said, so you went from, you know, from veganism to keto and, you know, and your business just kind of flatlined for a second there for a couple months. And I'm pretty sure that all of us can relate in terms of like, we're doing one thing, and then we realize it's the wrong thing. And then we, mm -hmm. we start pursuing the right thing and everybody else hates us, right? And that could be going from vegan to keto. That could be going from carnivore to keto. That could be going from keto to paleo. And that could be, um, you know, going from not a non-believer to a Christian, you know, whatever it might be. How, do you, how did you, 
how did you deal with that? Like, what did that instill in you kind of like knowing, like pursuing what you knew was health, regardless of what the outcome outcome was from like a business perspective, a monetary perspective, mm-hmm. um, a cultural perspective. Well, what was that like for you during that time? And what, I, what kind of advice do you have for women that might be going through that kind of situation? It's so beautiful that you tied those two experiences together, you know, from my experience going from new to Christian, um, you know, people are going to not like what you have to say. And it was, it was similar, of course. And I did just as you were asking this question, I was like, Whoa, say like very similar things. When I went from vegan to keto, it was like, I had found truth (laughs) and I was really angry that I didn't know about it sooner. You know, I had struggled with my hormones. I mean, I went off hormonal birth control in 2000 and seven. Okay. I went off hormonal birth control 2007. Nobody talked to me about increasing my fat, about reverse dieting or anything. I had to find it out on my own after doing so much research for ages. It wasn't until 2014. That's like seven years. Okay. Of searching for answers that I found this. And so I was really angry and I was really lit up. And I knew that no matter what I'd shared in the past, I owed it to myself to the purpose of why I'm here on this planet, you know, I I really, really do feel like I was meant to share this information that I was meant to help people in this way. And so for me and my business, I knew that it would be completely inauthentic and not lead not only to success, but also to me feeling like I had purpose. If I just continued to lie and say, and said, no, 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 like I'm vegan. I love the vegan diet. It's so great. When I had been like, literally, I, I was eating pork rind pancakes. Like I was blending up pork rinds, adding eggs and frying it. Like that is so far away from vegan that I couldn't, I couldn't lie. And it just felt wrong. It felt wrong to deceive people. And so, you know, I was in a, in a place financially where my husband was still working and we coordinated like thinking, okay, this is going to be pretty bad for the business, but like, I'm sure it'll be fine. And people come along the ride with us and some did, but it was not as, it was much worse than what we had planned. And I just reminded myself that overall, if you're an entrepreneur or you're creating things, those play, those things that you're creating are coming from your heart and they're coming from your inspiration. And when you're not inspired and you're not like lit up by the work that you're doing, I don't know, there's so much more to life, you know, than just getting by and, and doing quote unquote, the wrong thing. And so, you know, financially we were able to make it work. And, you know, the, the flip side of it is, okay, I've just lost everyone. I had like death threats coming into my email about how horrible a person I was. I lost a lot, like all of my friends because they were all vegans and it was a big deal. All of my clients refunding money that I didn't have, giving them back their packages and the whole thing. And so I just doubled down. I said, I know I'm onto this. I know that this diet is is helpful for me. So I'm going to write a book. And so I wrote the digital um, book, The Keto Beginning, which I later rewrote because the first one was not good. Um, like it was good, but it's just, you know, as you gain more information and understanding, I wanted to update. And so I released the keto beginning and it was the largest launch that I had ever had. People were coming out of the woodwork from everywhere supporting me. And so the, the first six months were pretty hard, but after that, I just carved out a space for myself and didn't doubt that I had something to share. I'm not a doctor. I'm not one of those smart people who can talk about all the different pathways and enzymes and blah, blah, blah. But what I do understand is the frustration that women experience when things aren't working. And I've come up with a bunch of tools and tips to provide insights on that. And I knew that there was something there. And so I just remained confident that I had something and just kept at it until it worked. Um, And yeah, that was five years ago. And I mean, I love my business. I love what we create. And when I say we, it's, it's me and my husband, we used to have a team, but now it's just us kicking it old school and, and providing information as we can. I absolutely love that. And, you know, and from a, from a young entrepreneur standpoint, you know, I'm only 25. I've had my company for a year and a month now. And so listening to the ebbs and flows and the ups and downs of your business and kind of that, 
you know, no matter what goes on, you've got to trust your heart. If you know you have something to share, then you need to believe in that and share that and carve that space for you as you so well put. And that really encourages me, right? Because like coming from like, you know, my perspective of, you know, I really want to help people develop long lasting, healthy, um, holistic approaches to a ketogenic diet that helps them conquer eating disorders and body dysmorphia and, and self-image issues, you know, and being able to pour myself into that, even when like other people are doing other things and it's working for them. And like, it may not be working for you in that moment. It may be slow. There may be nobody in your, in your side at that moment in time. I'm not saying that's where I'm at, but just like, I've had those moments of just feeling like, Oh, we'll look at them. Oh, we'll look at them. And it's like, or like, oh, maybe I should have done this. Maybe I should go back to thinking like this. Or, But no, it's like, no, stick to your heart and stick to what you know is true and what's truly going to bring value and help people. And and, and like, I know that in my heart that, that it will grow into something that is going to truly impact people and, you know, and obviously give me something to – to, to really impact people and, you know, and provide for my family and all, all, all the things. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and, and that I can trust in that process and, and, you know, and listening to your story, just, you know, we're only 10 minutes into this and I'm already so encouraged. So that, that that's amazing. I think another piece amazing. is like not having an idea of where things are going to go. Like <laughs> a lot of business coaches or even health coaches will say like, where do you want to be? Where do you want to go? And my whole thing is I have no idea. Like I'm, you know, like those dandelion thingies that you blow and like the things go everywhere. And I'm just like, wherever I'm guided, I will go. And I think when you have that kind of feel of we can get often really like stuck in our heads, but like it has to go this way and we get the blinders on and we're like, this is exactly what needs to happen. And when I've done that in my business, my health with clients or encourage that, it's always that we miss something and I don't enjoy it. So I think the big takeaway for me over the last couple of years, especially owning like a multi-million dollar company is like, you need, you need to just go with the flow and of course have goals and things. But if other things come apart, you know, come across your path. Like when I was offered um, a book deal, I was like, nah, I don't really want to do that. And I really wrestled with it for a while. I was like, I don't really want to write a book. I have all these plans. And then my husband was like, are you crazy? Like you need to do this. Like they're begging you to write a book. Of course you need to do it. And had I not, oh, life would have been so much different. And I'm so thankful that I took those blinders off. I was like, set all this other stuff aside. Let's try this book thing. And now I've written three best-selling books on the ketogenic diet. And I was one of the first people to write a ketogenic book. So like my book is in the hands of people and that message is out there. That's not restrictive. And, you know, so you kind of got to also like go with the flow as it relates to your, your food, your faith, <laughs> your business, just all the things, all the things. <laughs> I love that, man. When you talk about every time you've ever talked about writing a book, I want to write a book. <laughs> Let's just do it. Let's just, just go for it. I love it. It just sounds like such an amazing way to, and who doesn't like to read? Everybody likes to read, right? So it's true. <laughs> That's great. A while back, we received a question on the podcast about keto bars and how easy it is to eat two, three, or four bars in one sitting. Now, I've thought a lot about this like for quite a while, and I too struggled with it to the point where I couldn't have keto bars in the house because I would eat far too many in place of preparing like a proper balanced keto meal. There's some days where a take along with you bar is convenient and at times absolutely necessary. So I started looking for an alternative, something more balanced and a bar that would deliver nutrients, not just a balance of macros where my body would be satiated by one and not in search of more and more and more. Like I think one time I had six keto bars in one sitting and I didn't feel so good after. And then I found that very bar. So here are the ingredients in the new bar that I'm now eating only one of at, at each sitting. Organic cashew butter, organic tapioca fiber syrup, 100% grass-fed bone broth protein, organic dried apples, organic dates, organic pumpkin seeds, organic superfood blend, which includes organic kale, organic broccoli, organic spinach, organic acerola, organic wild blueberry, organic spirulina, organic ginger, organic turmeric, organic sunflower lecithin, organic cinnamon, organic flavors, Himalayan pink sea salt, organic rosemary extract, 
and monk fruit extract. Now this is made with certified organic, if you didn't catch that, organic, <laughs> antioxidant-rich superfoods, cold-pressed, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, non-GMO, contains healthy proteins, fats, and vital nutrients, no added sugars, artificial sweeteners, or sugar alcohols. It's very low in natural sugars at four grams or less, depending on the flavor, and it's whole food-based. Now, this bar is from Paleo Valley. They call it the superfood bar, and I'm happy to report I eat one, and I'm satiated, and I move on. No more bar binges. Now, this is huge, 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 huge for me. Head on over to paleovalley.com, load up your cart with superfood bars and whatever else you find that tickles your fancy, enter the code KETO at checkout and receive 15% off your first order. Again, that's paleovalley.com and use the code KETO for 15% off your first order. All right, so keto and hormones and carbs. I kind of want you to, I know this is your realm of expertise, and I think that it would be beneficial for some of the women listening in. And I think also something to note beforehand is that anybody, any of my male friends that are in high stress jobs or they have high stress endurance activities like marathon training, Ironman prep, things like that, that can kind of in a, in a backwoods kind of way, not necessarily direct replication, but can kind of imitate the stress that's put on the female body uh, because of, you know, their cycles. I think this might be a good thing for you to listen to as well in terms of some of the nutrients and what they do, blah, blah, blah. So can you kind of like walk through like how all of that works as it relates to the females and the keto? Yeah. So I think the first place to start is kind of understanding whether or not you have a hormone imbalance. So of course you can go, you can go to a doctor and have them run a panel and all the things. And you're probably listening, being like, eh, I don't have a hormone imbalance. I just need to do keto harder. And if that's your answer, then I would say that probably um, you need to look at how to adjust the ketogenic diet for your lady body. Now, if you have, um, if you've experienced menopause, your ketogenic diet is going to be very, very similar to the standard ketogenic diet that you hear about all over. If you're a man also, it's going to be very, very similar to the ketogenic diet that you hear all over. But if you're in a, the fertility age and you um, are still having a cycle or are supposed to have a cycle, then you're going to want to listen into the hormone imbalances. And also for women who have experienced menopause, oftentimes they're not supporting their hormones properly. So they go into menopause with imbalanced hormones and that causes issue with keto because keto, the ketogenic diet is a endocrine based diet and every other diet out there does not really rely on hormones as much to be successful. Whereas keto requires, okay, that your insulin is regulated, right? That your estrogen is at a certain level, that your progesterone is at a certain level, that your cortisol isn't spiked. Cause you know, when cortisol is out partying in the body, that means that your insulin is going to be higher and we can't, and we can't lose weight that way, or we can't even maintain a ketogenic state. So some symptoms of hormone imbalance, a big, big one that women think is totally normal, spotting and breast tenderness. These are the two, you know, throughout our cycle, generally speaking around ovulation or into the luteal phase around day 20 and up, we're going to start to feel some breast tenderness. This is kind of a red flag that you have a slight imbalance. Hair loss is also really big. You know, a lot of people say, ah, oh, hair loss on the ketogenic diet, just give it a couple months and it'll go away. No, 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 no. This is like a sign that you're going in the wrong path and we need to adjust things. Bloating, mood issues, anxiety, sleep issues, uh, mood imbalances after ovulation. Just because your cycle is regular, it doesn't mean that your hormones are in the right place. Like for example, I've been working really hard at my hormones over the last, I would say like diligently over the last five years. Now my estrogen is perfect. My DHEA, perfect. My progesterone, perfect. My testosterone, not perfect at all. Now I still get a cycle. Everything feels pretty good. But if you ask me um, whether or not I'm tired often, or if I get up and I'm dizzy often, or my sex drive is lower, it's like, yes, 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 
Mm, yeah. So digestive issues are also some fatigue, like I mentioned, hunger cravings. If you've experienced weight gain, like you go on the ketogenic diet, everything's pretty good. And then you start gaining weight and you're like, what is happening? Or specifically for women that have experienced menopause, this is generally when their estrogen and progesterone get imbalanced and they, we start to gain a lot of weight. I call it like the little estrogen belly. Like your, your estrogen produ production is generally higher, your progesterone is lower, and, and this can cause hot flashes and all of that horribleness. So that's kind of how to know whether or not you have a hormone imbalance. And specifically on keto, when we're going hard at it, and we're, you know, uh, eating 20 grams of carbs or less, we're fasting, you know, my experience was like, okay, I'm on keto, I'm fasting 18 hours a day, every day. And if I'm hungry in the morning, I don't care, I'll push through it. No, that's like a big N-O period, N-O again. Like you, if you are hungry, specifically at certain times in your cycle, and we can get to that, it's actually really important that you do not fast. In fact, there are times in your cycle where I recommend not fasting, and then times in the cycle where I recommend rotating certain protocols to focus specifically on things like your gut, like nutrient density, even as far as going vegan for a couple of days um, to boost certain parts of your body and of your overall health. So we can definitely get into that also. Oh, that's so interesting. And I'm totally, don't worry, I'm totally for not fasting. Like, I am really big, especially with my listeners, because a lot of them have disordered views towards food, and I've been working on those, some of those that I work with personally, very successful. So all of you listening, yay, good job. But like, when it comes to like fasting, um, I think that there's a lot of disordered eating around it. I do not think that majority of people that do it, do it for the right reason. So I'm totally for not fasting. So I'm glad that I'm glad that that's something that you do not emphasize all the time. And I'm glad it just really shows. I think there are people that like, like there's a lot, there's influencers and coaches out there that like to jump on the mm -hmm. trends and they don't really consider like they, they, they get the broad health benefits of a certain trend or action and they expound on that. And they don't really look at the overall health of the individual and expound on that. And I think that's really what separates a coach that's just trying to reach a broad audience and maybe help a couple people get some success stories versus a coach that's really trying to work with the individual and help each individual they work with come to their perfect version of uh. holistic. Yeah. And that grinds my gears. Like my husband and I talk about this often oh. <laughs> because, um, you know, you can make so much money if you just promise people step one, two, three, follow the ketogenic diet, like this and that and the other thing, and you'll be changed. And it's just, it's not that simple. And unfortunately there are people that either know what they're doing or they don't. I, I would like to think that they don't actually know what they're doing. I, sometimes I have a hard time under like, accepting that they don't know that the advice that they're giving is quite dangerous specifically for women. And then we have these women specifically age 40 plus who are on this ketogenic diet. They think they're doing the right thing. They're not having success. They feel like hot garbage and they just double down and pay this person more money to like give them more tips, which is all just very generic and it doesn't align with their bio individuality. And it, oh, it just makes me really angry. <laughs> No, no, I, I feel you. And I'm, I mean, I'm the same with men and some women too, right? Like, especially like, and again, I think it's interesting, like you coming from, and I know that, you know, you wrestled with body image and eating disorders and stuff, but you definitely, I can definitely tell that your heart is definitely for just the overall hormonal health and balance of the female body. But like from like an eating disorder perspective, a body image perspective, like I see that with women and men like this, you know, people put out PDFs and they're like, you know what, if you want to get like me, if you want to start taking your diet seriously, like they're not taking their health seriously already. If you want to take it serious mm -hmm. now and get ripped, you know, buy my program and they put up an image of them on steroids looking ripped or whatever and oh yeah i'm blunt and it's like oh get like me you know spend 24 dollars on my program and then these people starve themselves and do the exact thing that their body doesn't want them to do to try to achieve a look that's not theirs and on top of that it's probably enhanced in some way mm -hmm. uh, either through lighting or supplements and so like it's it's crazy how many people it does make me angry too like is there are people in the keto space that do it not everybody but there are people 
out there that do like you know entice people with fake imagery and with 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 ideas of what health is that isn't true and and they completely disregard what that person's health might need to be um, at the end of the day and so I, I just really respect that you know that that does grind your gears because I totally feel that on so mm-hmm. many levels all the things <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say that a lot this podcast <laughs> on purpose <laughs> okay so all right so I do want to get into okay so one thing I'm curious about because I know that you talked to we've talked before about cycles because you've listening to you have has helped me coach my female clients but I have some female clients that I haven't approached the carb thing with generally because some of them, it's just a sensitive topic. Still some of them, I haven't seen signs that they need it. They seem Mm -hmm. to be doing just fine. But with women that, you know, you realize that, okay, you definitely, you're just, your, your estrogen and your cortisol is really sensitive. You have a high stress job, whatever the reason, uh, and around your cycle, having, you know, carbohydrates, post ovulation, blah, blah, blah. Like one, like what exactly does that look like? You know, what are your different, uh, uh, versions of that in terms of like carb timing, but also how do you help a client overcome that carb phobia hurdle that a lot of people in the keto space develop because they start eating fat, which they thought was bad and they start losing weight. And so then there's no gray area, right? Like people are like, one's bad Mm -hmm. and one is good. Like there can't be like this middle ground. And so it's kind of like, okay, like how do you help walk them through that process? If it's something that they do need to introduce to have options. Yeah. I think for that piece, it's quite simple. It's like, is what you're doing working? Are you feeling great? If not, then you owe it to yourself to try something different. Like that's the first thing. And the next thing is like, I'll be there to hold your hand. We're just going to try something a little small and it doesn't need to be big. And we can talk about how to do that in a second. I'd also like to introduce you to your cycle as women, just because a lot of women don't know what's happening. And so I think when you start to notice, like another thing is if you're like, I don't know, carbohydrates, I don't think so. I'm going to just double down on my fat, eat more protein it'll be fine. But what I get women to do is to track their cycle. So I say, you know, grab, grab a piece of paper or, you know, I use a little calendar, like a little calendar, a paper calendar that I got at Barnes and Noble. And every day I say, you know, cycle day one, oh, all I want is steak today and I could fast all day. Okay, cool. Cycle day two, same thing. Day three, same thing. Day four, same all the way up to day 10. Come day 11, it's like, mm, yeah, I had breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, dinner. What's going on there? And so the longer that they track their cycle after 28 days or however long your cycle is, they're like, okay, Leanne, I can definitely tell come like day 24, all I wanted was a sweet potato. And you know, I didn't eat the sweet potato. I just ate pork rinds instead. I had some coconut butter and I was fine. And so we can start to track that. Okay. It's interesting. You know, cycle day one to 10, I really felt like, you know, fasting and you know, then you got to like cycle day 18 to 20 and you didn't feel like fasting and you wanted carbohydrates, I wonder why. And so that's when we start to plug things in. And so that can be really helpful to overcoming the fear also, because we are using their body as a tool to kind of track their hunger, satiation cues, what kind of food they're craving. And you'll start to notice a pattern where days one to 10, you're craving a lot of high protein. But then on the flip side, days 18 to 28, you're craving carbohydrates and that's by design. And so I'm saying all these days, days one, 10, 14, like what is all of this? So I kind of just want to explain based on a 28 day cycle, what I'm saying when I say days. So day one is the first day that you bleed. Okay. And that lasts however long your period lasts, three days, five days, maybe seven days. That's pretty long. And then we'll probably need to adjust things on there. But so days one is when you start bleeding. Day 14 is generally ovulation. Okay. So from days one to 13, that's the follicular phase. So during this phase, we have a pretty low amount of estrogen and progesterone. It's kind of like pretty low. And then come day about eight, your estrogen is going to start to increase until it peaks on ovulation. And then it's going to start to decrease as estrogen starts to decrease into the luteal phase. You then have your progesterone start to increase starting at ovulation 
it's going to start getting higher and higher and higher and higher until it peaks around the 20, 21st day. And then it starts to drop off. You're also going to see estrogen around that time of that super high peak of progesterone, just bump up a little bit and then go back down. And so that's kind of assuming that you have a 28 day cycle. Now, if your cycle is shorter, those days are kind of going to be compact. If those, if your cycle is longer, like say 32, 35, 40, 50, at one point I had a 60 day cycle. So it's kind of like drawn out. And usually when those, when those, uh, when the cycle is drawn out, that means that you're not having those big, big spikes and drop. They're kind of drawn out and not having the spikes, which is why your cycle is generally taking longer. And so now that you understand kind of the, the sections to your cycle, we can talk about I think first it's important to talk about fasting. And so usually when you're fasting, you're not really doing carbs. So days one to 10. So the first day that you bleed, you may find day one is kind of like, you're kind of hurting and you don't want to eat anyways, because it just hurts and everything hurts. Um, I know that that's for me, that's a lot of my clients. And so normally day one, I'm fasting, I'm having bone broth, maybe some food, but like, I just really don't want to come like day two or three. This is where I encourage women to fast. If you're going to fast, meaning longer than 18 hours, this is the time to do it. Days one to 10, you're going to want protein, fasting, bone broth, crazy things like that. Generally the ketogenic diet, like the ketogenic diet that we know and love most times days one to 10, that's the time to do it. Then we get into before ovulation and this is days 11 to 14. This is when, because our body's preparing for ovulation, this is not the time to fast. Maximum time you should be fasting is 16 to 18 hours. I like to keep it to 16 just because, just to be safe, especially if you have hormone dysregulation, 16 hours is a good amount. And that's when we wanna be supporting our estrogen. And so it's interesting when you look at estrogen support foods, these are the ones that support uh, the development of estrogen, the support of estrogen are gonna be things like black beans. Well, that has carbs, <laughs> dates, carbs, dried apricots, carbs, dried prunes, mung beans, peaches, strawberries, white beans, like these things have carbs. And so you can probably guess the best time to support your estrogen is days 11 to 14. This is the best time to start putting in these timed carbohydrates into your eating style to start to develop that estrogen. Now, a lot of people will say, well, just take an estrogen cream or just do these pills. I can tell you from personal experience that relying on those things is really great. I'm personally on a progesterone cream and wouldn't have it any other way, but supporting your body through these foods you are so much more balanced as a human being and you eliminate those cravings before they become a big thing. Because if you're not having those estrogen support foods and your diet is quite low in these, you'll find that by like day 15, 16, you'll end up having a binge or you'll eat a lot more than you wanted to, or it'll be that time that you walk by a bakery and you end up having a chocolate cake because you didn't support the estrogen when you needed it. Now there are ketogenic foods that support estrogen. So you can also add those in at the same time. So you're not like a huge carb bomb, um, alfalfa sprout, flax, pistachios, pumpkin seeds, green beans. These are going to also help your estrogen. So days 11 to 14, you're still kind of eating a ketogenic diet, you're just going to take out some of the fat, take out some of the fat, put some of the carbs in. And then so after that, I know this is a lot, but it kind of like requires um, me to just keep talking. So feel free to just interrupt me if I'm if I'm talking too much. But so then we go into uh, days 15 to 17. So this is following ovulation. This is another beautiful period where our hormones are kind of like sitting chill time and there's nothing much going on. This is this beautiful time where your skin is all glowy and nice and you've just ovulated and you're on top of the world. This is the best time of every woman's cycle. This is low, low carb, high protein, strict keto, best time to fast. Oftentimes, this is the time where I'm doing a three-day fast fast if I'm going to do it. I start on day 15. I end on day 17. This is the best time to do that. 
And so following that day 17 on day 18, we go back to no fasting more than 16 to 18 hours. Now we want to support our progesterone because this is when progesterone is going to start to increase. So again, with progesterone support, you're going to see that some of these foods contain carbohydrates, uh, specifically potatoes, pumpkin, oranges, um, and a lot of them are keto foods. So you're going to be eating ample broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cabbage, uh, dark leafy greens, organic poultry is a good one, uh, sunflower seeds, wild seafood. And so I like to think of day 18 to 28 as like this boost of nutrients. I'm eating breakfast, lunch, dinners. I'm not fasting. I'm eating all the things. I'm focusing on gut support. I'm I'm maybe doing a plant-based day where I'm doing like lentils and like really having fun with like green juice. And so of course I'm going to get kicked out of ketosis, but if you've been at this for a while, you're just going to jump right back into keto the next day. And you're going to find after doing this for a while, even your first cycle, it's going to make a big difference. You'll get your period and be like, Whoa, I didn't even feel like it was coming. Okay. I guess I have my period now and it starts all over. So that's kind of how I, how I use carbohydrates on a ketogenic diet for women. <laughs> I love that. That was a lot of information. I just went to yeah. school. Okay, great. So men that were listening, <laughs> if you're still here uh, towards this part of the podcast, if you just see one of Leanne's posts, tag your wife in it and don't say anything and just know that they will find success. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> no, I love that. I, lo I love all those answers. Um, so I had a couple questions. I took some notes. The first one, okay, so during the windows that you can fast, I am curious, do you have to fast? What if a woman doesn't want to fast at all? What if like, for instance, what if like I have a female client and you know, where they're at with eating disorders and just fasting is just not something we're going to do, but I want to implement some of the advice that you just gave to kind of help make sure that their cycle is regular. Do they have to fast during those windows that you said they might need to like day 15 through 17, day one through 10? I feel smart <laughs> knowing cycles. Um, no, this is just a permission <laughs> slip and almost like a whoa, 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 hold back, stop fasting every day. So if you are not fasting, you don't need to start fasting to make this whole process work. But what I often find is that women are fasting like 24 hours every other day, and they're incorporating 18 hour fasts, and they're doing the fatty coffee thing and all the things. So if you're not fasting, please don't feel like you need to incorporate fasting to benefit your hormones. No, this is more for just if you're already fasting and you're doing it too hard, you're affecting your hormones. I really hope you're enjoying today's episode. I'd love to see where you're listening from. You can snap a pic and tag me at Leanne Vogel or leave a review for the show on your favorite podcast player. It helps me out tremendously. Okay, back to the good stuff. Understood. Okay. And so I have another question too. So when it comes to when it comes to the food, like when introducing timed carbs during those parts of the cycle, right? So day like 11 through 14, and then day eight, three, eight, 18 going into like, you know, ovulation, the, the carbs that you target, it's not necessarily for the carbohydrate macro, but it's for the nutrients that that food that the carbohydrates exactly to exactly i mean correct? yeah so there's a level of one is that there are nutrients in there to help support our progesterone and estrogen that's also there's a level also of having those carbs not necessarily being a bad thing so it's going to reset our leptin you'll often find when you incorporate carbs generally i like to incorporate them more in your evening meal, especially if you react to carbohydrates as many people do by just wanting more of them. And it doesn't matter if you're having a sweet potato or like a bag of candy, it doesn't matter. So I like to incorporate them in the evening. So you have a better sleep. You're totally going to pass out. I'll, I'll, uh, I loved the first time after six months of eating keto that I had a sweet potato and I passed out and probably had the best sleep I've ever had in my entire life. And so having those carbohydrates at dinner time is going to reset your leptin where you wake up the next morning and you're like, whoa. I'm not hungry at all. Like sometimes I'm hungry, but this is like next level, not hungry. And so it can reset your, reset your leptin also and assist with uh, having better sleep. So one of the big ones of signs that it's time for a carb up, or I call them carb ups because you're just like increasing the carb 
is when you can't sleep. <laughs> and so this can especially happen for those who have uh, cortisol dysregulation. And so by having just a touch of carbs, I'm not talking about like pounding back cupcakes. None of the foods that I listed are sugary things. Um, even with the medjool dates, adding a little bit of almond butter to that um, often will just allow that glucose like really stable, beautiful, and you're having a good sleep. Uh, it's kind of a one-two punch to helping with sleep, help with leptin, hunger, um, and also your progesterone, estrogen to reset uh, your cravings also and kind of get ahead of it because oftentimes women will be like, la, 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 not listening. I want an apple, but I'm not going to have it. And by like day 27, they're like, I am eating all the ice cream. I can't stop. Somebody help me. And that's because at that point where you needed the apple, you just needed to have it and adjust it for those nutrients and then move on with your life. So. No, I like that. That's interesting. Yeah. So like, I didn't realize that all of that went into the cycle and the reason for the targeted carbs, because for me, it was always, I was always thinking that the cortisol, that the cycle, like during ovulation, you know, w when the bleeding's about to start, I could assume that cortisol would increase. And I, that's why like kind of, um, uh, you know, the cycle kind of reminded me of, you know, the stress that comes from endurance athlete training, right? Which I could imagine it's so much more with females, like with a cycle and endurance training, the cortisol must be nuts. But that, that you know, the inverse relationship between insulin and cortisol, because what I noticed when I started doing targeted keto for my endurance training was, you know, all the achy joint pain I had been experiencing went away because cortisol wasn't high and stripping nutrients from my joints and cartilage, you know, uh, the depressive mood swings went away because my body was able to produce neurotransmitters and sex hormones properly because cortisol wasn't running rampant, blah, blah, blah. So it's interesting to hear that the targeted carbs are needed for much more than just simply resetting cortisol, but there's other hormones that are being um, supported uh, within that kind of that strategic implementation of them. Yes. And I'm so happy that you mentioned training also, because for women who are trying to balance their hormones, it's important to understand that the follicular phase in ovulation is mostly for endurance. But when you get into the later phases, I mean, even day 16 on, it can be challenging to do more endurance. And so it switches more to strength. And so really understanding that it adjusts also with where you're at in your cycle. Like as estrogen starts to build up in your follicular phase, it's going to make it's going to make you so that you have to stretch more because as the estrogen increases, you're going to be, your muscles are going to be less pliable. And oftentimes that's like when injuries happen is that spike in estrogen day seven to 12. So if you're like one of those people who's like, I don't need to stretch. I don't need to warm up. Sure. Do that every other day, but cycle days seven to 12 legit. That's when the issues are going to happen where you're going to injure yourself. So even just understanding that, warming up properly. And even as progesterone starts to increase, it's also going to increase your body temperature into the luteal phase. And it's going to make it so that you're more thirsty because you're more hot. And so even just noticing that that's going to be the time when you're dehydrated. And I mean, I've been doing this for a couple of years, really tracking my cycle. And I was out uh, right after ovulation, out on a boat all day. I didn't bring water with me. And I was like, it's fine. I'll just sip things here and there. And it's okay. And it was my high Strong time. And normally I can get away with that. Like it's okay. But I was dehydrated for three days following because not only was I out on the water all day and it was kind of hot and I was sweating a little bit, didn't drink enough, but also my progesterone was higher and that affected me. And so as you move forward with your movement, um, endurance is great for follicular and ovulation and then moving over to strength, like heavy lifting, hit, sprinting, um, like box jumps, those sorts of things is helpful as you move into your luteal phase. Wow. Okay. That, see, I, my mind's blown right now. I just went to school. That was fantastic. <laughs> yes, I, like I just learned all the things. Yes. Yeah. No, I totally understand. You know, like when I, when I get taught about neurotransmitters as it relates to like body dysmorphia and stuff like that, like I really enjoy talking about that. So I can understand like your heart. I can feel your passion and hear your passion uh, as it relates to women's hormones and their cycles. And so I just, I really appreciate you coming on here and like explaining all of that. Like that's a lot. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I am really passionate about it. And I, I think the main thing is just this frustrating feeling like you're doing everything right and nothing's making sense. And I think just the time that I realized that I'm in a 
lady body with lady hormones and my day one is completely different than my day seven. You know, for you, Jonathan, you have the same day every day. It's like groundhog day for you. And in fact, your testosterone goes up and down and up and down all throughout the day, every two hours. Like for us to follow a same diet is is impossible. Like it just, it doesn't make any sense. And so when I started kind of piecing it all together and seeing, you know, how big of an impact it makes, and then going even further into women who are experiencing menopause and understanding how to support them. And it just, you can start to feel really frustrated and like everything's against you. And a lot of the things that we experience are because of imbalanced hormones and people just don't take the time and think that they can double down with their nutrition or double down with their program. Um, and it really just takes some finessing and understanding that your body's different and it's not like a man body. And that's totally okay you just have to treat it a little differently no i think that's very insightful and i hope that everybody listening here you know and i understand everybody's on their own journey and everybody's going to do what they're comfortable with but i hope that you take time to think about what was said um, and you really consider you know where you're at and what you feel like is that next step for you to find your own version of holistic health so i love it so much leanne thank you so much for coming on where can everybody find you and i on all the things on all the places. Okay. So my website (laughs) is healthfulpursuit.com. You can find my books on keto diet book.com. They're all on Amazon and stuff, but it just outlines all the books and which ones, which, cause there's three and it gets confusing. And then on Instagram at Leanne Vogel, And that's kind of like the three places that, oh, and I also have a podcast. I always forget about it, which it takes up so much of my time. I don't know how I always forget. It's the Keto Diet Podcast. Super simple. If you just type keto into your podcast player, you will find me. And yeah, I post episodes every Sunday and sometimes Wednesday when I feel like it. I love it. You know, you literally know that you're an OG when your podcast is the keto diet podcast. You had to be like the first one of the first podcasters for the keto diet. Like one of the OGs, man. That's crazy. Yep. yep. <laughs> when I first saw your podcast name, I was like, dude, she's been around for a minute. Cause there's no way that she just like walked in a year ago and was like, there's no way that name wasn't stolen. So like, yeah, <laughs> wow. Like, yeah, you've been here, you know, your stuff. I love it. Well, Leanne, thank you so much for coming on. I really enjoyed this time. I hope everybody listening enjoyed it. And um, yeah, so thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I hope you really, really enjoyed Jonathan interviewing me for today's episode. Again, if you want to learn more about my six-week program, you can go to healthfulpursuit.com slash six week. That's the number six, W-E-E-K. If you're unsure, you can always just go to healthfulpursuit. That's H-E-A-L-T-H-F-U-L. P-U-R-S-U-I-T dot com and click on the top icon there, click on shop and you will see the six week keto weight loss program right there at the very top. Okay, next up on the podcast, episode 313, I'm interviewing Dr. Dana Elia on stem cells. And then episode 314, I'm doing an ask me anything. If you've always wanted to have a question on an episode, like our ask me anything or our Q and A's, you can go to healthfulpursuit.com slash contact, submit your question, it will come up on a future episode. Okay, have a great day. And I will see you for episode 313 in a couple days. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. Join us again in a couple of days to discover more Keto for Women secrets for your fat-fueled life. Music for the Keto Diet Podcast provided by Yechi. Follow Jacob on Instagram at Yechi underscore official and on Spotify as Yechi. That's Y-E-C-H-I. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, recipes, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representations or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program.